Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on my personal Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, we are joined by another guest for our continuing game-worn collector interviews, so let's welcome our guest of the evening. All right, everyone, we have Tom Vore of the game-worn hockey jersey collecting community with us tonight. Thanks, Tom, for joining us. He is a Columbus Blue Jackets, Lake Erie, or Cleveland Monsters, as they are now known, and Calgary Flames collector. He also likes a couple of players in particular, like Calvin Pickard and Guillaume Debian. Tom, thanks for joining us. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? Staying safe. Yep, we're all uh, sheltering in place, as it were. So we are doing some fun interviews. And for anyone who hasn't really kept up with the series, I've been collecting stories from the game-worn hockey jersey collecting community because many of us have very interesting perspectives, especially in our encounters with pro players or um, really collecting the history and the passion of the sport, but in, in physical manifestations. So, Tom, of course, I've sent uh, a couple of questions to him that we've been asking plenty of folks, and we'll start off with our first one tonight. Tom, tell us about your most memorable jersey find and what made it special. Um, my most memorable jersey find is probably um, probably the Al McGinnis, uh, Calgary Flames, his last year with the Flames. I believe that is the 93-94 jersey, I believe. it's um, It's the red. Um, so I, I haven't been able to photo match because it's kind of hard for for the early '90s to get um, to get any kind photo matched. Oh, it's a white one. I'm sorry, it's a white one. Ugh. I'm really bad about that. <laughs> um, no, he was a. It was a fine because I had been wanting this jersey for a while, and I knew the collector that had it. Um, he actually put it up for sale, and he also put it on eBay. And um, he he asked for you know. A good amount of money i was able to talk to him we were kind of able to work a deal where it's like here i'll pay you this now and then he was he's like well because it's such a big jersey and a big cost um i'm willing to do like a payment plan and for the longest time that's how i used to do a lot of jerseys because i i my wife makes the money i wasn't making money so i was like okay i have to sell this and sell that to help pay for it. and he was very very kind Vinny, very generous to um to work a deal out with me to acquire the Jersey. And it's just, he was a favorite player of mine um, growing up in St. Louis. Um, I liked the flames. Um, even though I lived in St. Louis, I don't know, as a kid, I think it was just like, Ooh, it's fire. I like fire. And I like the colors. And so that's how it kind of started. Um, so, and I've, I've followed hockey since I was a young kid because my dad used to watch it. And um, when he came to St. Louis, it was kind of exciting. I was like, Ooh, I get to actually see him come to St. Louis in person for more than like once a year. So that's kind of why it was like, oh my gosh, I didn't think I'd ever find an Al McGinnis jersey. Does it have any notable wear or anything that you, uh, you, you said you photo matched it. Did you, do you know what game it was in or any particularly cool facts about it? Um, I said, I, I actually have not been able to photo match it, but um, it does have a lot of wear. I mean, it's an early, early 90s jersey. So it's not the same material and the same, I mean, granted it's a third set. So my assuming is it's kind of like how things work now. It was worn probably part of 
the end of uh, the 93-94 season, and then the the playoffs, which this turned out turned out to be, <clears throat> excuse me, um, his final jersey as a Calgary Flame because they actually end up losing wearing the white jerseys. Because I had to, I did a lot of research online and trying to figure out games, and then trying to figure out what jerseys they wore. Either was white, you know, I, uh, was the white jerseys the away jerseys or home jerseys at the time because you know there's been the switch over to the darker jerseys now being home as opposed to the away jerseys like they used to be. So um, there's, a, there's a lot of wear like on the front and on the back. Um, it's very, um, it's kind of heavier than the jerseys now just because of the different type of material used. Is it on the bigger side? Cause I know some of the jerseys from the nineties had larger, well, some of them had larger cuts. I know much earlier in, in, in hockey history, they were very small shirts basically. But nowadays, this one uh, is um, pretty much most of them are kind of small since I'm six foot. I believe this is a 52 or 54. Um, it's short in the sleeves on me, but on lengthwise, it's actually not too bad. So, yeah, some of those those smaller sizes back then are, are still pretty, pretty decently sized these days, especially when you compare like an, an older 52 or 54 versus like a 56. They um they give you a little bit more room. I know the Adidas jerseys this year were cut a little bit on the tighter side in comparison to the old Reeboks. As far as uh, I guess any particular finds from like minor league teams, did you have any that stood out to you that you really thought were really cool and kind of you found in an unusual place? Um, kind of my my wife's old work. It's not really a minor league. It's kind of a college jersey. Uh, my wife works for uh, West Virginia University, and so I was able to kind of brokerage a deal. This is it's kind of a funny story with her signing um, her new contract with with the university because after I think I think her contracts are every two years, they they're allowed to they're offered a new contract. Um, like after the first year, like yeah, we're gonna re- we're gonna keep you, and then like you're still going to keep the pay. And then for after the second year, they're like, here, we can give you a bump in pay. And then here's some extra benefits. If, if you want, if, um, for, if you want. And I, I saw, I looked on their website and I saw they have club hockey. I told my wife, I go see if jokingly I said to her and cause she knows my, my addiction to this. And I've kind of got her a little addicted to it though. She doesn't like watching games with me. Um, she, um, I said, I go, is there any way you can get a, a goalie jersey from the club team? I said, I don't even care the number. I was like, can you somehow jokingly say, hey, can I get a one of the club, uh, one of the club hockey team jerseys from from West Virginia University? And sure enough, they did. It, I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, I didn't expect that to actually work. I was, and I told her jokingly, and so, so. Yeah, I end up with a uh, uh, West Virginia University uh, goalie jersey that has yes. like like a lot of wear, and the uh, actually the fight strap's been cut out completely. Like, there's a hole in the back where the uh, fight strap has been removed. So I don't know if that's because they did it after the season, or if that was just what the goalie wanted to have done. Wow, that'd be kind of unusual. I don't know that I've ever seen somebody wearing one with that, without a fight strap. I mean, sometimes they like do modifications to it, or- right? You know. But yeah, there, there's an actual cut in the back of it where um, the fight strap has been removed. 
For anyone who's not really familiar with fight straps, they're usually mounted on the back and on the inside of the jersey just to keep it attached to your equipment when somebody's trying to pull it over you or when you're just moving around and you want to keep the fabric from flapping around. So, wow, just totally removing it. Maybe didn't like the feel of it or I guess maybe they needed it on another jersey. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It was just odd. I've never seen that on a goalie jersey or really any pro jersey. And it's not like, oh, they carefully like unstitched it and used something like that. No, they legit just ripped it out. You always find really weird uh, customizations on some of the smaller programs and stuff. College and minor league both, they do some funky things. Sometimes the club college level stuff, you find some really funky looking things. I remember um, the, the top prospect, Bobby Brink, I think from this past draft, somebody posted one of his, what was it, Sioux City jerseys from the USHL. And it, it his first jersey that he wore for that team was, I think, he ordered a smaller size, and he found out that it's actually like a kid's cut. Didn't mm-hmm. like it because it was too small. And so they basically took another jersey, cut huge swaths of the fabric off of that other jersey, and then stitched extensions onto this thing. So oh it's just gosh. like this ugly Frankenstein thing. It's one of the coolest things I've seen. But that's gotta also, have a cool. That's got to have a cool story, obviously. I mean, that's... Yeah, I think she said it was uh, a, a preseason jersey that they converted into a regular season jersey or something. I'm like, I can't imagine this dude trying to fit the original one over his pads and then telling somebody, hey, yeah, could you just destroy the entire jersey and, and build me a new one out of it? It's like <laughs> Voltron. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a jersey like that. But another one I have that's kind of kind of funky is um I have a uh, Kevin Shattenkirk uh, Lake Erie Monster jersey from his short like from one of the um, eight games he was in Cleveland before going to Colorado, his is a um, reprint or um, obviously Colorado, like for their minor leagues in Cleveland would take all their jerseys and bring them back to Denver with them. Like they would never, they would take all the equipment and all the jerseys and bring them back to Denver with them. And then when the season would start, they would send it all back to Cleveland. Um, His Jersey has a different nameplate. Like there was one and then his covers it because his last name is so long. They had to restitch it. And when they stitched it, they kind of stitched the the tag in the back that says, you know, made by, you know, how it's like CCM or Reebok. I can't remember the year on it, but the, the tag is actually stitched to the nameplate. So when they went to stitch it, they didn't like pull it out and, and do it. So it's kind of funny. Like the, the tags actually stitched into the Jersey, like all the way, instead of like where you could pull it out. If you understand what I mean by that. Yeah. And sometimes guys would do that if they were actually intentionally doing it just to keep it tucked in, but unintentionally that's kind of amusing. Yeah. So Tom, tell us a, a time when you, you met a player maybe wearing his Jersey. I know that you mentioned you had one story about it. What was kind of the whole thing that happened with that story? Um, Back in 2016, the um, uh, Cleveland Monsters uh, won the, uh, the Calder Cup. Um, I was actually on the ice. I was taking pictures um, because, you know, being a season ticket holder for many years, you get to know the players. You get the, and, and this was the, the new Monsters. This was like when Columbus became the new affiliate in Cleveland after Colorado had left. Um, and they had held a lot more of – stuff that was geared toward like getting us to know the players because it's like here's your new team you just even though you just we just lost the team that had been with us for like i want to say it was like six seven years 
and it was like, okay, Colorado's gone. Here's Columbus. Get to know the players. And they had a lot of events, and I got to know one of the players, uh, Brett Gallant, and um, or Gallant. I can't remember how to say it now. I'm bad. Um, and so I was taking pictures with him, and then with um other players on the ice. I, I from me being on the outside, not on the actual ice. Um, and then I some I acquired his uh Islanders preseason jersey. Um, I want to say that year, and I got to meet up with him the next year um in 2000 um later in 2016 before the championship sorry i'm all over the place madison has kicked in <laughs> um and i showed it to him and he's like they still have this jersey well the jersey was using a fight he had against a devil's player and um the jersey got ripped completely and you're talking about a frankenstein this is what this jersey was cuz the entire back of it was ripped off but then put back together with with the tape that they use, but like a big gab of it. And then some kind of like blue fabric to try to match the color of it from like, I think another Jersey of some kind. And obviously he couldn't really wear it because it, it was just torn the bits and then it was sold. And I, I ended up buying it from um, one of the collectors. I can't. And then I took it to him uh, in 2017. And um, sorry, after I, showed it to him he's i had him sign the fight strap and then he's looking at it and he calls the equipment manager right there in front of me of the islanders like dude you still have my he's like i didn't know this jersey still exists i thought you guys threw this away and he takes a picture of it and sends it over like via text message to the guy to the equipment manager of the islanders and um and he and you know i get a picture taken with it and actually the monster's got a picture of him looking at my jersey and taking a picture of my jersey as like one of their background photos of something. So after the 16 season, when they win the cup, we have another meet the team. I bring the Jersey to him. I'm like, here, why don't you have the Jersey? We got to know each other. I go, why don't you have the Jersey? I said, it probably means more to you than it does to me. He's like, no, I don't need it. I got the Jersey. I really want hanging up downstairs in my basement. It's the Jersey where I actually have the colder cup raise. And I actually wore it on the ice when we won the, uh, the colder cup. So I tried to give it to him. He just, he was like, Nope, I don't need it. Oh man. A couple of those guys who have a, a cup of coffee in the NHL, of course, some of their jerseys, um, I guess find their way into, to random collectors hands. I remember I've mentioned this story a couple of times, but Zach Wolpoff was kind of in a thrift shop and found like a, a wizard's preseason Jersey. And the dude only played like one game, with the wizards in preseason, but the guy, uh, his Jersey was just sitting there. So he picked it up and he actually reached out at the player and the guy told him, you know what, you know, you found it, it's yours. You keep it, enjoy those memories. Cause those guys, I think in, in many respects for them, it's just kind of like a shirt or equipment. There are some guys I think who, who, who definitely treasure their jerseys. I know what's his name. Uh, Paros, I think, likes to collect his own stuff. And I heard like Mike Green also likes to collect his own sticks and jerseys. I think Ovechkin has a few of his own stuff too. Usually Ovi, from what I understand, is, is really into like the milestone pucks and things. But for the rest of them, I'm sure that they they get a little bit choosy. And <laughs> there may be another issue where sometimes their families tell them, no, 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 you, you don't need to keep all this crap in our house. You got to find another place for it. So uh, it might work out best for both parties that you get to keep 
one of his jerseys. And you said that one was pretty beat up and, and torn up that he, or is that the replacement one for the one that was torn up? No, this was the one that was actually torn up into the fight. Yeah, I don't really have too many jerseys that are just wrecked. I mean, most of those, they I think a lot of them, they probably just throw out, you know. They're, they're probably yeah. some where it's like too extensively damaged and it's like, do you really want to spend the time to stitch it all back together? Is it really worth it? Or do you just find another blank or a prepped one and just give it to him instead, right? Right. I have another one. Like I have a David Savar where he, it was the only time he really got into a fight, again, with someone from the Devils. And the, the stitching came undone from the back where they just ripped it in the fight. And I've tried to watch the video, but there's never a good camera angle to see the jersey actually rip. Because if you, when I got, bought it off my gray, there was, I was like, why are there two set threes? And I just like, oh, I'll take this one. Well, the one I, I bought was the one he wore the most games for that set. But that's because that jersey was just, they took it off like, well, my gray still owns it. So, you know, we'll sell it. And I bought it, not realizing it was the one with the big hole in the back of it. So, I and never, only, it like, was never, yeah, it was never repaired. It was just like, oh, here we go. Well, we'll sell it because I know we know game worn collectors will buy stuff like that. So, <laughs> stuff that's that's a uh, the more gutted it is, the more we like it. Yeah, that's how I feel. I think the weirdest one that I ever saw was an Atlanta Thrashers jersey from when Pavlik passed out a couple of years ago. And they just cut him out of the jersey because it's kind of one of those situations where they really weren't sure if he was having like a cardiac issue or if he was just fatigued. I think it ended up being that he was dehydrated. But to expedite the process, they just took a a, a scissor pair of scissors or something and cut it in half along one of the seams. And then they were going to throw the jersey out. But I think one of my buddies pulled it out and ended up saving it. And now it's in somebody's collection. Literally somebody's... yeah, you I think remember that? I, I remember seeing that posted in the group uh, like a couple years ago or something. Yeah, it was one, of, and it always stuck out to me because I was like, "Gosh, if I had had a job back then, I would have bought that jersey." Just because it's so weird and so funny. Well, that's like a couple of years ago when um, Calgary and Vancouver had that line brawl, and when the players like I, I think it was Granlin on the Flames got into a fight because. Torts is like, well, I'm going to put my fourth line out there. And the fl- and the Flames coach is like, nope, I'm going to put my fourth line out there. And then they just start fighting. And Granlin was all bloody and his because it was an away game. The white jersey was just covered in blood. And I remember like a lot of us Flame collectors like, nope, that's my jersey. And I, I, I called dibs. I called, you know. And it turns out the, there was no uh, – they had completely bleached out the blood stains on, on the white jersey. Yeah, sometimes I think they also do that in case they have to wear it again. And I guess they yeah. want to make it look clean or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. especially when it's especially when it's the first game of the season of the very first shift. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they got to reuse that crap a lot, and they had to make it look at least presentable for the rest of the the days right. that they're going to be wearing those jerseys. So, I guess we have one more question, and you may have answered it already. But if you had to choose like the most special jersey in your collection, and it doesn't have to be, you know, something that's like the most expensive or rarest. Right. But just, you know, personally special, if it's not the McInnes, what would it be? And and what makes it special to you? Um, Hold on one second. Whatever. It's just the kids. Sorry. Um, speaking of kids, it's it'd probably be um, some of the jerseys I've gotten for the, my kids, actually. Because um, there are certain players that, that they really like. Um, I think for me, um, my son 
absolutely adores Sonny Milano, absolutely adores him. And we loved it when he was on the monsters and we got to, you know, got to meet him and got to know him. And, um, I used to be, a, uh, I used to teach, a pre-kindergarten, uh, in a school district as part of a normal curriculum. And I had to deal with, I had to, um, teach a lot of children with, um, autism as well. And so every year, almost every year, the monsters put on like an autism awareness, um, Jersey, you know, how a lot of the minor league teams do the one game wonders of that. Well, this year, the year they did it with, um, the monsters, it was, um, uh, Sonny Milano. And the, the theme was, you know, autism awareness, but they used Legos instead of the like whole rainbows and the ribbons. They wanted to do something different because Legos is a good, um, tool to use with children with autism because it lets them be expressive and, you know, it's, they're just fun, you know, for, for, for almost everybody. And I somehow won Sonny Milano's Jersey in a blind auction. And it was like my son's favorite player. And he was like, so ecstatic. And so I, it was like, and my son obviously, you know, also likes Lego. So it was just, it was kind of neat to see his eyes light up. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting one of Sonny's jerseys. Like he was like really excited. Like I saw him playing that Jersey too. And it was just like his excitement to see, you know, something like that. And the Jersey oddly enough has wear on the inside of the Jersey. Cause Sonny would wipe his stick with his Jersey. And since the Jersey is white, you could see him part of the stick tape or the, yeah, the stick tape was um rubbed off on the inside of the jersey that they couldn't um, wash out. I suppose using the sleeve was a little bit overrated, so he just used the inside of his jersey instead. Well, pro- he's a smaller guy, so it was just probably easier just to do it that way. Yeah, I think there are a couple of folks who, who, who like to actually buy jerseys for their kids. I know um, one of our guys, Brian, used to go to a lot of Caps games and stuff. And I think he also did like hockey travels with his family, but sometimes he'd find something cool and pick it up while he was there, a jersey that he actually got to see on the ice. And I think that that's, for me, like I don't really have any jerseys that I've personally seen on the ice as far as I know. Most of what I, you know, any of the special moment jerseys that I picked up were ones that were captured on TV and that's how I saw it. But even still, I, I always feel like it'd be cool to have one where you got it while you were at the game. And yeah. well, not necessarily you didn't buy it then, but maybe you were at least just present to see it on the ice. Yeah. All of the, um, all of the moment jerseys that I think would be really fun are like, you know, playoff jerseys and things. Mm-hmm. Those are most of the special moment ones that I have. I think I got a couple of caps ones. I always enjoy the, the kind of the weird one-off jerseys though, from specialty jerseys. Actually, do you have like a specialty Jersey? That's your favorite. I know that the, the uh, Lake Erie monsters, when they were still called that, have one of my favorite designs of all time, which I, I've never been able to get my hands on one, but it's that neon night one that they did. Yeah, I have one of those. <laughs> yeah, is it? Did you have one that's a favorite, or is that one of your yeah, favorites? That's one of my favorites. Um, I'm trying to figure. I'm looking through my list because um, probably for me the the special one I kind of like is the um the purple game. That's always that's always one of my favorites. Um, the the one guy, um, Kevin Stenlin of the monsters. I won his purple Jersey. Um, that one's actually for all forms of cancer. And my father passed away from cancer 19 years ago. And that has a special moment to me. But I like Kevin Stenland. Like I've followed him when he was in Sweden at HV 71. So 
it was really cool to get his jersey. And I actually ran into him. That was actually his first pro game with in the U.S. with the Cleveland Monsters. And the purple one is just I kind of I, I, I kind of like the color purple. It's like a really bright purple, but it's also darker. And he scored his actual first um, point in that his first professional point in that jersey too. So I was just like, so that's probably my um, my absolute like sentimental favorite um, jersey. But as in as in far design, it's the one you said. It's the neon. That one, that one's my absolute favorite. That was what that was. That was actually nine. I think that was nineties night. And so it was like everything was neon. It was kind of neat. Man, I hope they re-release them one day because I would <laughs> like to own one. And I'm sure, you know, half of Cleveland would agree with that. But uh... I... oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, it was kind of funny. I actually won that one kind of cheap because that was the year Monsters had eight specialty jerseys. And it was like they had that one. Then they had the March of Dimes. And then they had their big one, which is the pink the pink in the rank thing and our pink in the rank. I shouldn't say thing. Cause that sounds very insincere. The pink in the rank for the breast cancer awareness, but it was, and they all, they had those three jerseys in a month's time. It was like, here's this one, two weeks. Here's the March of dimes three week. And then like two weeks later, the next week, here's the pink in the rank. So it was like, everyone was saving up for the pink in the rank. So it was like, I just got a bunch of, I just got a deal. Cause everyone is saving for that, that pink one. So it, it it just was luck is all it was. And plus he's one of my favorite players. So yeah, every now and then you always hit up on a deal that maybe somebody else misses. In this case, it's because everyone was out. Everyone else was tapped out, but you always have to like that very favorable timing, huh? Yes. Yes. I have gotten quite a few jerseys because of just people not paying attention. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Tom, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's call. Do you have any social media, streaming channels, Twitter accounts, anything you'd like to plug before you jump off? Sure. If you want to follow me playing some online games, um, I try to have fun with it. I don't take it too seriously. Um, you can follow me at Twitch at twitch.tv twitch slash twinsanitydad. It's also the same thing for YouTube. I'm also on Twitter, same name, twinsanitydad. It's because I have twin a set of twins. I was my first kids, and I'm a stay-at-home dad, so it's the whole joke of twins and insanity. You know, it's trying to be funny. <laughs> I'm sure uh, one day when I have kids, especially if I somehow ended up with twins, I will know exactly what it means. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Tom, and have a great evening. All right, thank you for having me on. Thanks, everyone, for listening to tonight's new interview. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, there are previous episodes that you can find on our Locked on Winnipeg Jets stream, including previous interviews with other Game Award collectors. As always, be sure to tune in to the Locked on NHL National Show right after this. Enjoy your evening, have a great one, see you tomorrow, and go Jets go!